passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mics, and this is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is my guest. We are the Mike on Mike. This is Drive by Wrestling. Coming to you guys with a special quick hit edition of Drive by Wrestling. Going to squeeze a little bit of content in there for you guys because you get none next week. And you get a little solo mic action, but <laughs> that's that's it. And this mic is uh, going to be uh, MIA for a little while. So, Mike, let's get into it. Uh, real quick, Extreme Rules this weekend, uh, tomorrow, by the time you listen to this recording, it might be today. No, it'll definitely be tomorrow. I'll have this out early. Uh, I don't want to go blow for blow. We don't got time for that. I want to put it to you this way. White Rabbit. Uh, percentage in your mind that it's Bray Wyatt. Ninety-eight percent. Yeah, I'm with you. Like initially, I wanted to say a hundred percent, but I'll leave two percent for chance in there. You got you got room for error. It's it's Bray Wyatt. Let's be real. It has to be. And, and with the announcement from WWE, I don't know if it was from them or broke by. One of the dirt sheet writers, but uh, the hiring of I believe his name is Rob Fee, a formal former Marvel comic writer, uh, professional wrestling fan, and seems to be possibly personal friend with uh, one Bray Wyatt, uh, Wyndham Rotunda. Yeah, man, it seems pretty pretty clear here. Um, I'll throw another one with you at you. Extreme Rules. White Rabbit, reveal. Let's say it is Bray. Is it a physical reveal or just something to make us 100% know he's on his way back? I personally feel like if the White Rabbit, whoever they may be, is not physically present at Extreme Rules, the, and this is good, I don't know, it's a little extreme, but it's Extreme Rules, the entire show's a failure. Okay. Okay. They built this. Let's be real, because they haven't on TV built this pay-per-view around this, but they built this pay-per-view. The fans have 100% scooped up everything they've laid out for them and built it around it for themselves. Yes. And they know that. Yes. Like... This pay-per-view has been built around this reveal. And a Titantron, like, pulling of the mask, like, ha, 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 I'm here. Mm. Nah, man, that ain't gonna do. He's gonna have to come out. He has to physically assault someone. And that's gonna be that. Like, he like he has to make a physical presence known. Like, you can't Firefly Funhouse this one again, right? Firefly Funhouse was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, right? Right. You fucking didn't have this dude physically present for months. Mm-hmm. And it fucking killed it. But you can't do that again, man. Like, you can't you can't go back to the bag for this one. He's going to have to be physically present. He's probably going to have to be physically, like, violent. 
Or, yeah. Now, again, um, this pay-per-view is going to be a fucking failure. End of the story, man. It doesn't matter how good these <laughs> matches are. This right. is going to be a failure of a fucking show. If he's and not the car's fighting. really good. Yeah. That's the sad thing about it, man. They could have just built this as a Bang and Extreme Rules pay-per-view. But they did not. They built this as a Bang and Extreme Rules pay-per-view. But also, Bray fucking Wyatt's coming back. <laughs> and if he doesn't come back, if the White Rabbit, and I'm not saying it has to be Bray, but if the White Rabbit themselves is not on this show, the whole thing, that's all anyone's going to remember. Yep, that's you're it. right. You're right. No, I, I i agree with you again on those points. Um, let's move in to the other side as we're flowing along here. Uh, AEW, more drama coming out. A uh, little bit of a back and forth between Andrade and Sammy Guevara. Some things were said in an interview by Andrade, and Sammy took, I guess, issue with it. Man, these guys, maybe they should stop doing interviews because it seems that there might be a lot of thin skin in that locker room. Um, and <coughs> again, the the presence, the presence isn't the right word. I mean, it's just a lack of respect that they, the roster clearly has for their boss uh, shines through with how they respond to these things publicly um, in a very unprofessional manner. Now, look, I know things happen, but like when you hear of beef between people on the other side, on the WWE side, it's like through dirt sheets, and it's usually not drug out into Twitter unless hey, we can make money with this. Let's put it into a storyline. Are you guys good with that? Okay, we do it, right? But, like, are we... We canceled the Andrade loses and leaves AEW match because there was supposedly a backstage altercation on Wednesday. What? what like, we can't keep doing this, right? Like, Tony has to do Dude, something. It's like every time someone gives an interview in AEW... Someone gets punched backstage, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Seth Rollins just did a huge interview. Mm -hmm. And the two biggest takeaways are, one, I miss Dean Ambrose. Mm -hmm. Two, I'll never be viewed the same as Rome. Right. Those are the two biggest takeaways from that interview. And that man did a huge interview. That was the two biggest drama pieces they could find mm -hmm. from that. No one got punched backstage. Nope. No one. But it's nope. like every time someone does an interview with a from AEW with an outside company, an outside interview partner, someone gets punched backstage afterwards. <laughs> and by all accounts, by all accounts, Andrade started this. Um, by all accounts, Sammy Guevara didn't even fight back. Which, honestly, I've often said, if you are in a workplace setting and someone gets angry enough at you to throw hands, the best thing you can do is cover your face and loudly say, everybody look, I'm just covering my face. Yeah. Everybody look, yeah. I'm not fighting back. That's the best thing you can do, right? You're probably still going to get fired. That's real shit. There's a dude at my work that got beat up at work. Like, beat up at work. Someone came to work to beat him up. Came to work, worked on another shift, knew where he'd be. Dude owed him money. Came to work on a day he did not work. Walked right into that dude's trailer where he was loading fucking boxes. 
and beat this dude's fucking ass in his trailer. And they both got fired. And dude was like, I need to fight back. And they were like, he came here to whoop your fucking ass, man. Like, you yeah. brought drama to this building. Yeah. But, hey, so wrestling I get is different than my place of employment. There's a lot of tempers. There's been fights backstage in wrestling as long as wrestling's been a thing. Right. But, it's uh, not new. It's the... It's the handling of it that is the problem. Yes. Okay. And so I think that this is a bit of a special situation because it really does sound like Andrade started this just in hopes that he was going to get released. It does sound like he wants out. He wants out bad. Bad. And uh, here's – it's like such a weird spot that Tony Khan has put in now, right? Mm-hmm. Where you almost have to release a guy like this, right? You almost have to. Because like, you just... Because it's mean, too much of a problem. Yeah. But you can't release him because then you've shown that people can get what they want from this behavior. And right. really, really, the only thing that he really can do is he's got a Stefan Marbury, this motherfucker. Straight up, man. You're going to mm-hmm. show up for every game in a fucking suit and tie. And we're going to pay you your full contract, but you're going to sit at the end of the goddamn bench and you're never going to see a moment of playtime. And we're going to fucking ruin your name and your fucking career to the point that you're going to have to go to China to get another job playing basketball. Then the problem becomes. Is he still going to cause issue backstage? Don't even show up then. Don't even show up, motherfucker. We'll pay you for five years. Don't show the fuck up. But guess what? Also, all those little indie deals that we allow people to go do, you get fucking none of them. Mm-hmm. You get fucking none of them. And mm-hmm. so, look, man, that's great that you're getting paid for five years, but uh, your career I mean, will be over. You're fucking done. You're a dead yeah. name. You got five years of fucking free pay, but you're a dead fucking name. You're it's a dead be, fucking name. It's gonna be interesting. You think your wife, the greatest female wrestler that, that's <laughs> ever lived in America, ever. The greatest North American female performer of all time in a family that is headed by arguably the greatest fucking performer all time, male or female. Mm-hmm. You think that family's going to deal with you just being a five year hanging <laughs> out doing nothing? I don't think so, man. I think this dude's effectively ruined his life. I think he's effectively well, ruined his career. It depends and on how. His marriage. It depends on how Tony handles it. And then again, a situation like that, I know everything can be like a one-off, but... Okay, so here's the thing is, Tony's going to handle it like a bitch. That's the problem. And <laughs> he's probably going to get away with it, one way or the other. He's either going to get released or something, but like, Tony's going to handle it like a bitch. I, I would say <clears throat> maybe the better answer is to suspend Andrade, right? Publicly, whatever. Put it out there that he's suspended. Take him off the television for a month. Work something out where like, look, you're you're out you're out of TV for a month. We'll put you back on in a month. We'll give you a four week program and we'll let you work it out and we'll we'll do the loser leaves. You can lose, you can leave, you can get out of here. But if you don't do that and you don't be courteous, then we're going to sit you for the rest of your contract at home, away from everything. Mm-hmm. That'd probably be the best option because then 
You don't have to have him around, but you don't look like a bitch. Uh, we'll see. It's a very interesting situation. I'm sure it's going to continue to develop. I think Tony just needs to get a hand on that roster. And, and I, you know, who did you say? Busting heads in the back. Get them in the back. We got to get Hunko and fucking Ming, man. Yeah. Get us fucking Hunko and Ming, man. Yep. Back there cracking skulls, little Booker T. Something like that. Yep. And also, yep. my man, you got to pull fucking uh, Sammy G to the side. Like, like. Straight the fuck up. That kid has to be pulled to the side and be like, look, bro, uh, I don't know what happened in the last year, except I know exactly what the fuck happened in the last year. We gave you the TNT title and you started dating this fucking smoke show and your head just mm -hmm. got ridiculous, mm -hmm. like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Everybody's been there, man. You know what it's like when like you start dating a girl outside your fucking league? Right. It does, man. It swells your fucking head. It swells your yep. fucking head. Especially yep. when she's apparently as into your shit as this chick is. Like, bro, it makes you fucking retarded. It does. It yep. makes you literally fucking just dumb as fuck. Like, thinking yep. you're the fucking best thing ever, man. Uh, and that's the issue. Dude, this kid's head just swole. This kid's head swole like the Grinch's heart on Christmas. <laughs> like, like, four sizes too big, man. And that's the problem, dude. He needs, like, a reality check. And you know who really needs to do it? Who's that? It ain't Tony. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Chris yeah. Jericho. The fact that Chris Jericho hasn't checked this fucking kid yet, bro, that's bad parenting. Like, that's bad parenting. I'm sorry. You created Fair. That's bad parenting, man. Yeah. This was your fucking dude since the first episode. Your little hand-picked guy. That I'm going to raise up through the ranks, and this is going to be the guy I make a fucking star here. And you did, but also, you fucking created a monster. And you need to fucking put your fucking dad pants on, Jericho. Yep. And yep. pull this kid to the side, maybe go upside his head one good time, and be like, bro, you got to get your fucking shit together. And really? 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 Chris Jericho and Jake Hager need to be in the fucking room yeah. and do yep. it. Hey, man. Bro, and especially Jake Hager, who has done this, who has been there, who had his head swole, who, uh, what'd he do? Jake Hager, they handed him a fucking world heavyweight championship, and he starts dating a fucking smoke show, and that motherfucker's head swole fucking four sizes too big, mm -hmm. and he ruined his goddamn career. Mm -hmm. He's two best guys. I mean, honestly, he's worked with both these guys. They are friends. They're close like family. Those two dudes need to fucking step up, pull this kid aside, and be like, bro, you're fucking up hard right now. And we appreciate that you didn't fight back against Andrade, but bet you if you wouldn't have called him a bitch on Twitter yesterday, he wouldn't <laughs> fucking beat you the fuck up today. And let's be real, everybody this kid runs his mouth to is someone that would beat his fucking ass yeah, into yeah. the ground. Mm-hmm. Now, all solid points. Uh, like, like, let's be real. Like, like a lot of wrestlers you look at and you're like, I bet that dude got hands in real life. No one looks at Sammy Guevara and is like, I bet that kid can fight in real life. <laughs> Not a single fucking soul. Not They're one. just going to wait for him to stick his tongue out and slap his jaw. Right. Like Sammy Guevara is the type of professional wrestler that me, a normal human being, is like, if that dude talks slant ways to me, I would rock his fucking head. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, this is a. 
Very agreeable show, Mike. Let's wrap it up. Now, we have not talked in, since episode one, so it's seven, eight weeks, depending on the math you want to do. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk She-Hulk, episode eight, the penultimate episode. Um, this, we're going blind, it, because I just, have not discussed this with you at all. I just want to say, because we have not talked about this show since episode, I think we discussed it a little after two. Um... This is a delightful fucking sitcom. Oh my god, yeah. A delightful fucking sitcom. And you know what is great about it? Is that I watch it with my wife every weekend. And she loves it. My wife chuckles and laughs and fucking gets it. Yep. Yep. Because it's for her. Right. They made a fucking... Marvel made a fucking sitcom for my wife. For women, yes. That that get men who aren't idiots can enjoy. Yes. And they even take the piss out of the men who are the idiots. Joe, uh-huh. that was for you, taking the piss. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they even take the piss out of the men who are idiots. It is a fucking delightful show. And it's like, this show was written months ago, right? They yeah. knew what was going to fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like the fact that she's like, oh, Wong's back this episode. Another week of Twitter armor. Uh-huh. Like, and they knew that months ago? Yeah. Oh, Probably man. over a year, a year and a half ago. Like, think about it. Like, really, yes. And it's delightful. But let's talk about this most recent episode. Um, before we get into the Matt Murdock of it all, I want to call out one line. Okay. One line towards the end of the show, right? Okay. Towards the end of the show, she's talking, she's talking to the audience, she's like, feels like the episode should be over, right? It's really weird that we still have, like, a whole scene left? What's going on? She's like, oh, I bet this is gonna be the twist for the season. And then she says this line, which to me was fucking comic brilliant. It's like, if you're a comic fan and you didn't love this line, she says, I wonder if it's gonna be, like, another Hulk that's red. Oh, I hope I'm not getting fridged. She said, I hope I'm not getting fridged. Oh, oh, my God. If you don't know what getting fridged is, look it up. Google it, y'all. Actually, fuck it, because we love you. Getting fridged. Okay, so Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner. Uh, in 1990s, Kyle Rayner, right? So he goes out into outer space. He's fighting bad guys. He comes home. His girlfriend's not in the fucking apartment. He can't find her anywhere. This motherfucker goes and opens up his fridge, and his girlfriend's dead body, his villain, has come, murdered his girlfriend, and stuck her in the fucking fridge. Okay, which is fucking awesome, like, as a reader, right? Like, that is a fucking way to, like, tear your fucking heart out of your chest, because you feel it as the reader, right? But, but getting fridged has taken on a new meaning. Um... A lot of times in comics, women are used, women characters are used simply as, well, fuck, man. Like, it's just an emotional touchstone for mm-hmm. the guy, Kyle Rayner, for instance, mm-hmm. right? That character, man, essentially all she was created, used for, was for her to be murdered, stuffed in a fridge, and be a point of conflict in Kyle Rayner's life. Is this an issue? Let's discuss this quickly. Mm. In 2022, this is an issue. Yes. However, in 1990s, 
this is not, right? Correct, correct. And I want to make a point here because we've had a lot of the fridge itself is the focal point. The fridge isn't the point. The use of women in comics as a whole is the point, okay? Um, but let's flash back to the 90s, right? How many women did you know that read comic books in the 90s? And oh, I was man. a comic guy in the 90s, man. I spent time in the fucking mm-hmm. stores. I was the kid that just hung out at the comic shop for like four hours for no reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I knew absolutely zero. And I wasn't your typical like 90s, early 2000s comic nerds. I got, I, like, I got pussy. I got laid. Like, girls liked me. Um, <laughs> So I wasn't one of those backwards motherfuckers that never talked to a girl. Mm-hmm. I knew girls, and I knew lots of fucking nerdy, but I didn't know any girls that read comics. Comics were not, comics just weren't read by women. And I'm not saying there weren't women comic readers. I know there were, man. But let's be real. You were hard-pressed to fucking find one somewhere, right? Right, right. Um, if you did, it was almost like, like a fucking unicorn. Like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? Uh... So getting fridged since then has taken on a bad meaning because there are lots of women that read comics now, man, and women should be used as more than just an emotional fucking plot point for a man. Uh, the term getting fridged is generally a negative connotation, but um, the fridge itself wasn't a bad thing. I stand by that. That, uh, that drove Kyle Rayner forward as a character. In numerous ways. Um, I personally would like to see, like, maybe, like, a female. Dude, you know what? If I was a fucking comic writer and I wrote a female character, I'd have her fucking, like, male love interest get fridged. Straight up. up. And I would have it, like, literally, like, shot for shot. Like, the exact same panel. Her opening the fucking fridge and, like, a dude being stuffed in it. Because, like, it's there for the taking. Right. Right. Anyway, she said, "I'm. Am I gonna get fridged, dude? As a comic fan, man, that fucking made my fucking just like the joy, the joy." So let's talk about Matt Murdock. Okay. So I'll say this: I was never a giant Daredevil fan, right? Like, never really read the comic, knew what he was, saw the awful Ben Affleck movie, you know, that kind of thing. And I didn't even get into Daredevil until recently because. It's one of those shows, it's a Marvel show, but it's not one you could watch with kids. You know, the Netflix, a little more aggressive. Uh, Past year when I had COVID, I started watching it because I had time and I was like, I really want to check these out. Absolutely fell in love with the character Daredevil, specifically the actor playing him and the way he portrayed him. Like, goddamn, this might be one of my favorite comic book characters now. So, you know, you're always a little concerned. There's all this, oh, it's, you know, they're going to whitewash the history and change everything, and they're not going to take it because Kevin Feige doesn't like this guy and doesn't like Netflix Studios and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other, right? Look, this was fucking perfect. This was, they're not, okay, was he funnier? Yeah, he's in a comedy. This is not well, Daredevil's show. Well, hold on. She-Hulk's that- show. Let me even make two points on that, right? Yeah. Uh, Daredevil in California is well known to be funny. Like, right. the run of Daredevil, where he's living in California, he's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay? Two, 
this is how guest appearances in comics work. Yes. The character that is making the guest appearance, they they generally follow the flow of the comic that they're making the guest appearance yeah. in. You can't take you can't change the tone for one character. That character has to adjust to the tone of the story they're in. And even if he was, here's this. Even if he was serious Daredevil in this, it would have been played to comedic effect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He wasn't, you weren't going to be happy no matter what you got in this. Right, right. And, and here's the thing. So not only was it played well, but we got, you know, if you're going with canon from the Netflix show, there's a reason he has to have someone new develop yeah, his suit. They're not. They're not following him. Well, but hold on. Are we sure? Because Charlie Cox said it. Yeah, yeah, but they all say that shit. Here's the thing. Here's my argument. Okay, we know Potter's in jail, right? His suit maker. He's in jail. That's how season three ended. What Charlie Cox actually said was, "Daredevil, reborn or born again, whatever it's called, is not going to be a season four. But that makes sense because there's been years in between season three and now. <coughs> He's got a new suit from uh, Luke Jacobs. Is it Luke Jacobs? Luke Jacobs. He is in California. He's been doing his pro bono work. He's honed his skills. He's a little more acrobatic, more comic book accurate, maybe, Dude. than what was done on Netflix. He and was doing some superhero shit. And to just throw a little bit more canon, like, I don't think they're going to, they don't need to go retell the story. We already know it. So we can go with the, hey, like, this guy knows Kingpin. They have a history. We don't got to tell you. Go watch the show. Oh, I and think they can build off of the show. I, I definitely, like, okay, so all the backstory is done. Right, done. right. We know all of it. It doesn't right. need explained. Right. Yes, they can run with the show as a backstory precursor to this without necessarily following it. Right. Before. And I don't know if you picked it up, but when they're interacting and he's like, I'm the Daredevil. Did you hear the song? Because they played the Netflix theme underneath that bark. Oh, so they lead right up. into it. And he fought in the motherfucking hallway. This bitch is canon. Dude, when he walked in the hallway, I was like, I was like, they're really fucking doing this. They know exactly what they're doing. Yep. Yep. With the dark blue lights and shit, I was yep. like, they full blown know what they're doing right yep. here with this. And I think they even, I like the comedy setup of it too, where the five dudes run around the corner and you're like, fuck, they're doing it. They're really doing it. Mm -hmm. And she drops down and smashes them and you're like, Okay, fucking great. Fucking yeah. Great. Oh, dude. And, yes. And then and the it was, What's yeah. that? It was that charming Matt Murdock, too, yes. man. Like, he's so goddamn charming. And Charlie Cox plays it to perfect effect. And that is, like, I've loved Daredevil. Oh, man. He's one of those characters that I came to early, right? Because he, like, Spider-Man is my love, right? Uh, mm. I don't remember a time I think Spider-Man wasn't a part of my life. Um, and my mom will actually tell you that she doesn't really remember a time where Spider-Man wasn't part of my life either. So Daredevil appears in Spider-Man comics a lot, right? Right. So I would pick him up in those. But also, um, do you remember the old Incredible Hulk show? The movies they did? 
The Death right? of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where he goes on trial? Yeah. Who's his fucking, who's his lawyer in that? Matt, Matt Murdock. fucking Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And Daredevil is in that show, man. And I watched that movie probably fucking two dozen times as a kid, man. So Daredevil, boom, right as a child, has been like front and center for as a comic fan. And dude, they played the the charming Matt Murdock so mm-hmm. goddamn well. And Matt and I'm like and I was like, and of course, of course she's gonna sleep with him. Everybody well, sleeps well, with Matt and Murdock. That's the thing. I love they got to the point too. Like right about right off the bat, he walks in the courtroom, she looks at Karen and goes, Who's this asshole? Awesome. And then like we also keep getting to the point with him, like they fight, she immediately rips his mask off. So we're not dragging that shit out. That's awesome. And then, like, well, you're blind. No, I have echolocation. Okay, let's roll. We know. And then, like, he's tossing out, like, oh, maybe next time I'm in town, we can go get some dinner. Or we could skip that. And they just get right to the She-Hulk and Daredevil fuck! I tell you, man, (laughs) no one fucks more comics than She-Hulk and Daredevil. Right. It was going to happen. Daredevil's like... That cat has a run list that is unreal. Unreal. I think it's the blind thing. I don't know. Maybe. Don't Maybe. Know. He is pretty charming, though. So charming. So charming. But I think, I think, man, I think they knocked this out of the park. And it took any reservation I have. And, and like, it's gone. Like, I'm so pumped for Daredevil in the MCU. Uh, I also, we'll, we'll maybe talk offline. I have some thoughts. Um, a little bit of theory and where that what this could mean with some of the things that they talked about. Anyway, uh, man, Red Hulk tease next week in the finale. I don't I, think we see it, but well, I don't think we tease. see it. We still got to see Abomination, right? Because there was trailer stuff with him that we haven't seen. Um, probably. I think that we find next week that behind all this Hulk shit is General Thunderbolt Ross. Okay. I think I, that's I, I the reveal next week. I was thinking that, leader, but that's Oh, shit. Leader is the <laughs> excellent. Goddamn. Yeah, it's probably the leader. And I heard, the leader. I heard a theory, and you can help me out with this because you're way more knowledgeable on the comic book stuff, that possibly could Todd, the the goofy guy, oh, he's in he's could in he be the leader's son and be another Red Hulk? Since we maybe don't have Thunderbolt cast right now, no, he's not going to be a Red Hulk. No. Okay. Okay. No. 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 I. They will not. I don't think they fucking touch a Red Hulk until it's Thunderbolt. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right, but I, man, and I want to say this: that final scene was fucking heartbreaking. They. This episode was just Chef's kiss, man. Man, it really. They. They nailed it. This was a yep. great episode. Great yep. fucking episode of TV. Uh, again, if you don't like this show, I'm not even going to say if you don't like the show, you're the problem. It's great, man. I know a lot of people that don't like sitcom-based comedy. That's fine, man. If the formatting of the show isn't for you, right on. Um, but real shit, like, a lot of you out there, get the fuck over yourselves, man. <laughs> like, this is this is a delightful show. Yeah, like, Absolutely. I'm not going to say this has been the best MCU phase. But, like, a lot of stuff has just been y'all being shitty for the sake of being shitty. Right. Like, 
Right. Um, just say you don't like women or black people or <laughs> fucking joy. Like, like real shit. Right. Your biggest complaint about Thor was like, I like it. It was too funny. Like, okay. Like, you don't like joy? Like, right. you don't like joy. Your biggest right. complaint about She-Hulk is that they fucking downgraded the Hulk. Like, you obviously haven't been paying attention because that motherfucker just got on a spaceship to go be the most savage version of the Hulk we've ever seen. Right. Like, if you don't like... I'm not even going to pull Doctor Strange because I get If you don't like Doctor Strange, I fully fucking get that because there's a lot of reasons I could see why people don't like Doctor Strange. Um, I get that one, but I don't really get it because I thought it was a super fun movie and Sam right. Raimi's the shit. But yeah. there are people that don't enjoy Sam Raimi's basic direction. But like straight and, up, fine, whatever. the Eternals suck. We'll flat out say that. The Eternals suck, and you're not sexist or racist if you don't like the Eternals. No, so it fucking was, sucked. It was just flat. But, but a lot of this stuff, man, like... Bro, Captain America's gonna be black in 2024. Y'all better yeah. get your shit fucking figured get, out by then. Get over it. Yep. Like, he's black right now, but he's gonna yep. have a whole movie. <laughs> a whole movie. <laughs> not just 20 minutes of a TV show. Yep. A whole movie where he gonna be black. So, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> Y'all better get your lives together. Get your fucking yep. houses in order. Yep, 100%. 100%. Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people before we leave them for a short time? Saturday night, Mox versus Gage for that GCW. It's title versus career, baby. Mox is trying to put that sick dog down because he loves him. That's the story they're telling. I love you, and sometimes you got, dude, straight up, this motherfucker told a story about I had a dog, and I loved it. That dog got sick, and I had to put it down. And I love this dog, and it's sick, and I'm going to fucking put it down. They're telling a good story on GCW. Hey, there we go. Meanwhile, every other deathmatch fucking uh, promotion is telling the story of we're all shitty children who are running our business like it's the fucking 1970s territories, and we're making this completely unenjoyable. But a lot of fans are like, but it's storyline in Deathmatch. This is a storyline. This is a storyline. This is you making me fucking not interested in this shit anymore because you're all a bunch of goddamn children. No <laughs> one cares. I just want to watch Slack wrestle. I don't give a fuck which promotion he wrestles for. I want him to wrestle for all of them so I can see it. God damn it, children. Anyway, I don't have anything else. <laughs> I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a good one. New episodes of Drive-By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at drivebypod. This has been a presentation of the Nearfall Network. Until next time. Bye.